Hi, I'm Taylor Smurl, and I'm an experienced bartender. And I'm Tommy Smurl. I'm an experienced drinker. He's my dad, and together this is... Neat! A weekly booze cast. With history lessons, trivia, and a twist. So pull up a stool to the bar and join us for the lowdown on your highball. Another episode of Meet the Boo Cast. Ooh, it's a scary boo because it's Halloween week. That's how you know. That's how you know. Yeah, it's, uh, man, this Halloween. We got Halloween on a Saturday, right? And uh, a full moon. Yeah, and I don't even, they never let people trick-or-treat on on Saturday. Uh, whenever trick-or-treat would fall on Friday or Saturday before they would say, no, you've got to do it on Thursday because we got to do it on a school night. But I guess nobody's in school anyway, or very few are, so they're doing it on Saturday night. Wait, there's people are actually doing trick-or-treat? Well, there's some areas that are still considering it, but there's not any right around here. But there's some that said they're going to wait till the last minute to decide. I saw um, I saw pictures of people setting up like candy shoots in their front yard, <laughs> so yeah. you could just you know put your fun size Snickers in like a I don't know like a PVC pipe and it'll come out for yeah. the kid. I guess that's fine, but also like do you need do you need your your fun size Snicker that badly? <laughs> well, it's like a lot of them they put a said set up a stand down at the end of your driveway or you know on the curb or something like that so that kids can just come by and get some yeah right the first kid that walked by that was like me when i was a kid that's it you're cleaned out no more candy for anyone you were one of those kids we have people in our neighborhood that would do that would leave the candy out yeah you you raised you raised children that were respectful because i definitely remember taking my one you know smarties pack and walking away well, you try to make your kids lead a better life than you did. You know? okay. <laughs> That's why you hear about all our mistakes. Because I guess so. <laughs> I remember wow. there was one family in the neighborhood that I grew up in, and they would do a drawing. You would go to their door, and they'd make you reach into like a pumpkin and pull out a number. And the number was associated. They had a tray out there with different things, and it was all the way from like a little bag of candy corn up to a full-size milky way or whatever you know and Uh so you wanted the one that got the full-size candy bar at the end you didn't want the little pack of candy corn or whatever so you'd pick a number and you know see what your luck was and if they had some really good stuff then a lot of times we'd have an extra costume or extra mask along so you could go around the corner and change your mask and go back and try your luck again (laughs) (laughs) you had a racket yeah you gotta play that candy game when you get the chance (laughs) Bring an extra bag just in case you fill one up or some big kid drops a rock through your bag. Drop What? Yeah. Have you ever seen it? Big kids will walk along and see the little kids and they'll have a rock and they'll drop it down in their bag to bust the bottom out of it. And then there goes all their candy. What kind of bags are you using? What? This is a very specific attack you have. Well, that back in the old days, we used paper grocery bags. Oh. You didn't have just made for halloween you know trick-or-treat bags and you didn't have plastic lanterns or anything jack-o'-lanterns or anything you just had grocery bags paper grocery bags there was no choice paper or plastic it was all paper (laughs) 
That's not nah, maybe they would drop a heavy rock in your bag. That is just such a specific attack on you. Yeah, just bust the bottom right out of it. That's now really the, sad. the the only thing you could do to outsmart them is carry a pillowcase. Some kids carried a pillowcase for their bag. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You drop a rock in a pillowcase. It's just a rock in a pillowcase. That's right. It's a good weapon then to chase after those kids. Yeah. <laughs> Swinging it around over your head. I want revenge. You have now armed me. <laughs> This is a ghost with a hard head, and he's gonna you you he's gonna headbutt you. Hide your pillowcase inside your brown paper bag, so they think yeah. they got you, and then you re- you point out that you now are armed. Uh, That's right. <laughs> wow. Uh, and brain them. <laughs> Please don't. No, no, no. Children braining other children. Not not appropriate, um, even on All Hallows Eve. Only bullies. You just brain the bullies. <laughs> No brain. Absolutely, this is a no braining endorsement podcast. Oh. Uh, all right. So, so I think uh, for our for our Halloween episode, maybe this is our last episode before Halloween, right? I think maybe. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Uh, I thought we could do just a a nice spooky episode, sort of looking over some some ghosts and and specters associated with drinking, but. Uh, Dad, I think I think you're going to start us <laughs> off here. Yeah, some ghost inspectors besides the usual demons associated with drinking. Yeah, I will say researching <laughs> this episode, uh, you know, you look for drinking demons, and there's a lot of like very helpful websites that want to give you information, but not historical information. More like self help, and that's fine, you know. We- <laughs> yeah, you look up drinking demons, and it's like, well, I woke up again today, and. <laughs> You know, found myself on the floor. No, it's not those kind of demons. That's not what we're talking about. I mean, it's those. Those are those are also you know an important aspect to to imbibing, recognizing that. (laughs) But uh, but we're we're not we're a little more lighthearted today. All right. That's right. We we're talking about actual demons and goblins and all those kind of things. Yeah. But first, I found something to see. We, you know, we often refer to uh, alcohol as spirits. So I kind of was got found a little thing that was talking about where some of our terms come from. Sure. So if you're thinking about spirits and alcohol and how they're related, uh, first thing that comes to mind is like liquor. But liquor comes from the Latin word liquire, meaning to be fluid. So then you think about booze. Booze comes from a Middle Dutch word, boozen. Ooh. <laughs> Say that again? It's, boozen. That sounds great. It's, it's got the long mark over the U there. Boozen. Like, I've been like, out boozen. says that? <laughs> yeah, boozen on you. <laughs> and it, <laughs> boozen means drinking excessively. Oh, all right. So, yeah. so you boozed it up. So that's where that, that's where that came from. But uh, it it looks like, though, that the actual spirits comes from, it's a translation from the Koran. Oh. And um, it ha- it's comes from the Middle East, and the prefix is A-L, and then it's followed by, it's debated whether it's followed by the word call, K-O-H-L, or gall, G-H-A-W-L. So it's either al-call or al-gall. And they think that that's where it came from. It says one theory is that the word alcohol is derived from algal. That's the one with the G. This is the most straightforward way to link alcohol and spirits, as the word means spirit. Oh. It's, ref- 
It's referenced in the Quran, verse 3747, mentions algal to refer to a demon or spirit that produces intoxication. There it is. And it does, huh? That's what it does. Now, the other theory that links it, this is a kind of a roundabout one. So I, I like the algal better than this one. This says that it's related to an ancient eyeliner. It says the black mineral stibnite is a very fine powdery substance that was once used as an eyeliner. Known as alcohol, that's the one with the K, K-O-H-L, means to stain or paint. It was created through sublimation. Because the process somewhat resembles distillation, some believe it became a generalized term for distilled. Um, so substances like alcohol that are distilled were referred to as alcohol because it was kind of the same type form as what they did to distill this black powder that was used as an eyeliner. Well, you still hear that word used. I mean, that's a, like coal black eye pencils. Like that's still in makeup. That's in color theory. Coal is used to describe a very dark, like impenetrable black, a solid black. So I thought that was interesting. So they, they say they're, they're not really sure. Now, like I say, I think the algal makes more sense. <laughs> Um, but then it could be the alcohol, but that's where alcohol came from. And then alcohol strictly means spirits and, and those that are intoxicating. All right. So it might, might refer to spooky stuff, might refer to eyeliner. In any case, the goths have it covered. So good on the goths. <laughs> good on the goths. They got the alcohol covered. <laughs> they got whatever interpretation. They're covering it. Alcohol for all. Yes. <laughs> well, it's funny. I was, uh, you know, you were talking about the origin of the word booze, and I was looking up recently where Boozen. booze comes from. Boozen. And then Boozen. Not, obviously, boo, why ghosts say boo and why we call booze booze are not related, but boo kind of, it's a, it's, it also derives from Latin, but it's sort of like, it's rough translation is like, I'm here, or like, hello, I'm, I'm, a, I'm speaking, I'm making That's, sound. So oh, I, just I, I really, boo itself. Yeah, just, just boo, boo itself, itself, you're saying? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I, li I like that as what ghosts are trying to say when ghosts say boo. It's just like, what's up? I'm making a sound. <laughs> <laughs> Over here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I exist. <laughs> uh, well, well that's, re that's really fascinating, though. I think that's interesting. And I mean, that's, you know, it, it does. I've actually never heard that before. I was excited when you, when you said you found that information, like, like I want to look it up, but I also kind of just want to hear it and learn something new. That's that that yeah. makes sense. I mean, I, I mentioned this on the the the, the uh, video, but like there was just an intrinsic relationship between alcohol, something that's derived from fermentation, from death, from decay, and mm -hmm. the I the entire realm of like the spooky and supernatural and the undead. It just makes sense. Well, and the other thing is, you know, there's talk of when you're intoxicated not only are your inhibitions lowered but your resistance to world uh, otherworldly beings and stuff um, i remember one movie where uh the main plot was the people were drunk when they did the ouija board or something like that so that allowed the person to become possessed because their resistance was down so the spirit inhabited them from there i've actually heard i've seen that with like different like different interpretations of like witchcraft in practice that specifically say you should not have imbibed 
you know, we, right. there's, there's definitely the counterpoint of like, yes, you know, have your witchy wine and then do your thing. But there's a whole other belief that's like, nope, you got to be stone sober when you do any sort of ritual because bad things could happen if you're not. You know. and yeah, I, you I go mean, into I, a seance or something drunk, no telling what might, you might <laughs> you conjure up. You're going to summon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think that's it's a fair warning. Uh, well, I, you know, that uh, that leads us sort of to our, our next sort of group of of characters that I would like to discuss, which are, there's those sorts of, um, I, well, so there's, there's a lot of drunken and drinking and alcohol related gods. We're not going to go into those. And I mean, I think that is also to what you're talking about, like communing with gods often involve, um, certain alcohols and in, in different religions. Mm-hmm. And that is, well, a fascinating topic. It's also a massive topic. So we're going to avoid mm-hmm. our gods and we're going to focus a bit more on our tricksy, demonic, and devious forces today. <laughs> and some are just uh, cute little troublemakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've got, a, we've got a, good, a good selection. This is just sort of a sampling. There are a lot out there, but, you know, these are some of the more well-known ones. So I want to start with one that you've... Now, you've probably heard of a leprechaun. Um, sure. You know, I eat I, my lucky charms. Yes, uh, a little Irish sprite spirit. Uh, now, mm-hmm. there's sort of a cousin to the leprechaun called the clericon that is uh, is a bit more of an alcohol-specific version of a leprechaun. Um, <laughs> if you're, uh, I find that amusing. <laughs> uh, alcohol-specific leprechaun. Which I always kind of associate. I mean, maybe it's just because I've had to work way too many, like, bad St. Paddy's Day parties where drunken leprechauns are just, you know, part of what you encounter. But, uh, but there is, you know, the, the leprechaun is a, little, is a little dissociated from this guy. This is, this guy is, uh, if you're in Ireland and you're lucky enough to visit one of its many beautiful breweries or distilleries, you might cross paths with this clericon as that is where it likes to reside. Now, the, the similarities they share with the leprechaun, you know, they, they're solitary fairies. They stand about, you know, six or so inches high. They're described as red-faced and often wearing the uh, costuming of a shoemaker. But the clericon specifically loves its booze. It likes to settle down in wine cellars and rack houses. Now, it like a lot of these sort of house sprites that we find in, in Germanic and uh, European folklore, it can be helpful might do small tasks around the house, but that is in exchange for some booze. That's right. So they, they assume that they, they might, they'll, they'll keep your house safe. They're protectors of your property. You know, they're going to make sure that nobody's, nobody else is stealing your alcohol. Nobody else is sneaking around your premise. But in response, they expect their, they expect their regular serving of alcohol uh, to be presented to them and will react quite violently if that is not made available to them. Um, yeah, and in particular, they're very suspicious of their servants. If your <laughs> servants start aren't taking proper care of your booze, they're going to let them know about it. <laughs> it's, it sounds like a like a yeah, like it's definitely used to perhaps keep keep those that work for you in line. Like you better not mess with my bottom line. There's a clericon in this bar. <laughs> Is there, <laughs> or do you just have a camera, sir? That's right. <laughs> Yeah, they, they definitely have a range of reactions too. Like some of them, like ah, eh, they're helpful if you if you you know don't give them their beer, they're gonna they're gonna mess with you. And some of them are straight, like you get the wrong clericon in your in your bar, and they just drink you out of house at home. And if you think the solution is moving, that doesn't always work because they like if they like you, they'll follow you from from establishment to establishment. <laughs> and they'll tell you about it. 
That's what some of them, some of them remarked. I said, well, he said he was going to come with me whether we win or not. So I just gave up. <laughs> I stayed where I was. He was going to come anyway. I couldn't get away from him. So they just talk. They just talk shit right to your face. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're apparently for as much as, you know, the expression of their power seems to be like, look, I'll, uh, I'll do some sweeping up if you give me beer. They actually seem to be pretty powerful beings because there's one story about one of them like, they offered they offered some liquor to somebody like who randomly encountered them. Uh, the guy took the drink, but then couldn't pay for it, and so in return he was forced to serve the uh, clericon for seven years. Uh, that's a pretty big <laughs> that's a pretty big bar tab, you know. <laughs> yeah, seven years. That, how much did he drink? <laughs> I don't know. This is some high quality liquor there. Some, but uh, but but then the guy decided that he'd had enough of that after a few years and he just said, I'm not going to do it anymore. Well, he repented, I believe. I think he got God involved. Yeah, and- he got God involved and God got the <laughs> Cooper con out of there. But you know what? Just, just as a warning, if you think your bartender might be a member of the Fae, pay your tab. That's just right. Tab. Uh, uh, now they're, they're known to carry treasure. Uh, supposedly I like this thing. They carry a single shilling that always finds it back to their purse, no matter how often they spend it. So, you know, that's... I'd like to have that shilling. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, They also, they they have a a little trait in common with witches. They can fly through the air, but instead of full-on brooms, they use a rush, which is just like a little bristled plant found in a bog. Just a little little baby broom. Oh, Uh, yeah. I find those bristled plants in my bog all the time. Do you find (laughs) bristled plants in your bog? I want to get that looked at. (laughs) I think you know a doctor. Uh, I can't look at it. I can't. I can't bid that way. Oh no! Oh no! 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 Never. Yeah. All right. Uh, they also apparently know the secret to making heather beer, which sounds really lovely. Heather is just a family of plants that are fruit-bearing plants that include like cranberries and blueberries. So it's just this sort of berry beer, which is very whimsical. I like that. Uh, so yeah. So that's a, that's a clericon, the 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 drunker, more specific cousin of the leprechaun. There was one little useful thing that they do, though, that that I thought was pretty good. If your wine or your beer keg or even the one are leaking, they push themselves into the crack or whatever (laughs) and keep it from leaking until you until you come and fix it so that you don't lose your booze. But they expect to get paid in booze for saving your booze. Yeah, you know they're just picking little holes in those barrels and then, then stuffing them up with their butt and being like, look what I did for you. Yeah. Like the wood is on the floor along with your tiny fairy-sized pickaxe. I know what you did here. No, no, no. My butt's saving the day. This barrel belongs to me now. That's right. You're going to pay me for that butt stopping I did there. <laughs> Which is funny because, you know, the little uh, wooden stop in a barrel is called a butt. Um, yeah. Or a bunghole. Something. It's a bunghole. Yeah, yeah, that's a bunghole. And that's the bung is the cork that goes in it. So there, there you go. Uh, multiple. <laughs> so so you're saying these guys hang out by the bunghole, huh? <laughs> you know, I mean, just in case. Right? They got, they got, a, they got a, a, good, a good deal going on there. All right, enough of these, 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 these devious clericons. Uh, although the next beer we're going to talk about is probably just the Germanic interpretation of the same spirit. Although they seem to be a little bit more, a little bit more useful, a little bit less <laughs> tricksy. These, uh, these are the Biersol. Uh, so this is a specific type of German Kobold. Kobold is just house spirit. So you know, we, I mean, we understand like brownies and and sprites and you know the 
little dudes that live in your house. They'll clean up after you, but they expect something in return. So this is the German version uh, that's once again, is specifically interested in your booze. They like to haunt breweries and pubs, um, and they're happy to clean steins and glasswares. They'll stack your kegs. They are they're very apparently very good barbacks, is what I, I, I read them as. Uh, and in exchange for an agreed-upon payment of alcohol. Also, like I think some barbacks I've worked with. But once again, if, if you forget to pay them, things can get dicey. They're known to wreak chaotic revenge if snubbed. And I think the, the cool thing about them is the beer soul is actually involved in an interesting story surrounding a specific German brewery known as Fremlins. So this goes back to as early as like the mid-1800s Fremlins Brewery noted the presence of a house spirit of one of these beer souls. That was, he was rather ambivalent. They called him Robin Hodfellow. And uh, Hodfellow would, he'd keep the brew equipment in tip-top shape. He was an excellent mechanic. Uh, but he always expected his reward of booze, and he would destroy the machinery if he was not rewarded properly. Now, Fremlins was a popular beer of the local Royal Air Force mechanics, and so, you know, sort of through words of mouth, maybe some influence from the name of the Grimm's fairy tales, Fremlins and its beer saw eventually inspired what would become the Gremlin. So, you know, the earliest interpretations of the Gremlin were associated with, like, living in aircraft and like you know the scary thing on the wing that would cause a plane to malfunction so it makes sense because you had a bunch of like these members of the royal air force that had heard stories of this fremlin you know sprite and that kind of over time shifted into this association between fremlins now gremlins and and aircraft and the person that sort of is responsible with with launching that idea is probably actually a role doll who lived close to Fremlin's Brewery and wrote his novel, The Gremlins, about tiny men living on Royal Air Force fighters and occasionally plaguing them with damage. Yeah, and they, they actually, the the RAF flyers and the mechanics, they would come in and they say, well, the plane was doing this or that. It was having a problem. What do you think it is? Well, it's probably Gremlins. <laughs> I mean, that was... That was just kind of their code for I'm going to take a look at it. I don't, you know, I don't know what's wrong with yeah. it, but that was what they blamed it on. It was, and they used it right along with the same, you know, um, it said that one of the things besides wreaking big havoc, some of the things they would do is they'd just be mischievous and hide tools and things like that. So once again, even the mechanics, when they would come out to work and they couldn't find something, well, there's a gremlins had moved it, you know, it wasn't that they didn't put it back in the right place or. Or Bob down the down the road there barred it and didn't put it back. It was the Gremlins. I like I like that. That's uh, well, it's funny because then it comes full circle in the movie The Gremlins, where they are they are some very bad bar customers. I will say that. Yeah, <laughs> you don't want to get them wet after midnight, right? <laughs> I, I I think that's I have a lot of patrons that I feel that way about at the bar. Like no 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 no, no. <laughs> can't feed you after midnight, sir. <laughs> I know what you turn into. <laughs> I have seen this movie. <laughs> it's about time for you to go. Yeah. So the the next the next spirit I want to talk about we're gonna we're gonna change locations a bit. This one has its roots in uh, Chinese mythology, although I think the more popular interpretation is uh, the adopted myth in Japanese folklore. In in the Chinese myth, they refer to as the Xing Xing. And they were these large orangutan-like creatures that haunted the woods. They were sort of comparable to a yeti. 
And a detail about them is you could lure them into traps with wine. Actually, wine and sandals, which just kind of sounds like a like a pleasant Midwestern <laughs> mom. Like, oh, some nice flip flops and Merlot. I'll go. <laughs> That's how you catch a suburban housewife. <laughs> Put out a bottle of wine and some sandals. <laughs> hey, I could use those. Those are Louis Vuitton. <laughs> Louis Vuitton flip flops. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what good ones are. I don't know. <laughs> That's all right. The, uh, sure, they make handbags. Surely they got to make sandals to match them. I don't sure. know. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it makes her a very pleasant creature, I think, that this is how you could trick them into just chilling, like, you know. Uh, well, the other thing is, too, yeah, they look like orangutans, but they have human faces. Yes, and they're bright red, too. I mean, that might be something that specifically happens when the myth reaches Japan, but... Well, that one that they have the drawing of the one the guy did from the 1700s, and he looks like a, a cute little fella there. <laughs> they, they, be, they, you see him walking down the street, you wouldn't be scared. I mean, he wasn't a scary-looking guy. No. He was like, <laughs> like, like happy happy monkeys. <laughs> yeah. How you doing? Got any wine or sandals? Got any wine? You want to look at my sandals? I, I'd hang. I'd hang. Yeah. Well, I'm hey. not doing nothing. <laughs> you want me to come up here on the porch with you? Okay. You got some wine? Cool. Well, and then once they reach, um, when they reach Japan, they're redubbed uh, shoujo, which, Dad, I don't think you're, just bear with me, because I know that there are some nerds that listen, like me. By shoujo, it's a long show and a long jo, not long show, short jo, because shoujo, in short form, uh, refers to a certain style of, like, manga and anime for girls, like, mm-hmm. like, it this basically means girl uh like bishojo mm-hmm. sailor senshi is like beautiful young girl sailor soldiers sailor moon so yeah the term shoujo refers to a whole category of anime and manga in this sense shoujo refers to the alcoholic orangutan spirit <laughs> so slightly different pronunciations major difference although i don't mind the conflation of the two in that these these friendly Drunken orangutan creatures running around in sailor suits and saving the world with love and justice. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with that too. I'd probably say them both wrong, so I'll let you. I'll let you be our <laughs> linguist. <laughs> well, uh, so so yeah. So the Japanese reinterpretation of the Xingxing are the shoujo, and uh, and they re- maintain much of the same characteristics, but they definitely have. A more of a focus on their association with alcohol. Of course, in J- Japan specifically, we're talking about sake. Uh, they're very fond of sake, and they actually also could brew sake. They could make a very magical version of sake. There's sort of the classic story that involves them is about a man who has a very sick father, and uh, he's searching the forests around Mount Fuji for a possible cure, and he stumbles across a gathering of a bunch of shoujo. They, they hear of his father's illness and take take pity on him. So they give him some of this magic sake to take back to his dad, uh, which helps his father improve. It improves his health immensely. Uh, so he returns to the shoujo several times to uh, get this magical sake. But at some point, a crappy neighbor of his finds out about this and wants to get, wants to get his. So he demands some of this magic sake for himself. And while the, the shoujo do give it to his neighbor, because he has not a pure heart and is demanding this selfishly for himself it poisons him um good for him you you know what that's what he gets i like that these shoujo's have have these standards like oh you want some okay (laughs) 
Yeah. It, though. You didn't give me the sandals. <laughs> Sock it to me. Well, he he indeed did get the sake. But uh but I mean apparently these creatures they like once again they seem pretty chill because he was like, "Oh, I'm sorry." And they're like, "Okay." So they forgave him, gave him medicine, and as an act of like, you know, uh like forgiveness, the neighbor and the young man now with his healthy father, they brewed some white sake like as a thank you to the shojo. There's But a- you know, it it couldn't be as good as what the shojo d- would do. You know, their theirs was magic sake. So they just brewed regular unmagic sake. So, you know, I, I can't believe the sojo would be too happy about that, too excited. They're like, yeah, we'll take your mortal sojo. Yeah, yeah, feed mortal. it to the feed it to the dog. <laughs> your mortal sake. It's, a, it's, a, it's the thought that counts, you know. Is that what it is? Do they really accept the thought? I like there's another story I really like. I, I, I dig these these creatures so much. There's another story about them that tells of like I mean, apparently they did like human sake because one of them encountered a, a sake brewer's product and, and this shoujo was just so impressed by the sake. Like, that's some banging ass sake. That pot is never going to empty. Forever sake. You have forever sake now. So he blessed the pot with forever producing sake henceforth. <laughs> that's that's sort of their version of the fishes and the loaves. Huh? I guess so. Like you. <laughs> You, your sake is so good, it is now forever sake. Eternal sake for you. This is better than sandals. <laughs> That's Oprah up there going, you get eternal sake, you get eternal sake, you get eternal sake. That sounds great. Well, you know, that that leads me to the next the next uh, little spiritual buddy on our list. This is my, my favorite. And I've talked about this next spirit on, I think, one of the live streams because I've got a partial tattoo of it that I'm working on getting finished. But if you if you want a never-ending sake pot, but you maybe don't have the brewing techniques or a friendly drunken orangutan to bless your sake pot, uh, there is another way to achieve this, and that is through something known as the kameosa. So uh, now it's going to take some time, though, over a hundred years, in fact. Um, a kameosa is a Skumogami. Skumogami is basically just the uh, possession, like an inanimate object that after a hundred years of disuse, it develops a spirit of its own. So you see a lot of these in Japanese culture. There's like umbrellas, sandals, you know, lanterns that develop these kind of spooky spirits. And the brave little toaster. The brave little toaster. Definitely it's Skumogami. Uh, I think that's actually very, very, <laughs> very accurate. It wasn't maybe 100 years. It was a bit more of an advanced one, but yes. Yeah. Uh, planned obsolescence is what we're talking about. I love I, I that that whole story reinterpreted reinterpreted that way. But yeah, so uh, now the thing is that most of these uh, skumagamis have in common is that they are, they're devious, they're tricksters, they cause problems. I mean, they're everything from just keeping you up at night and not letting you sleep to like stealing your soul they're bad dudes however that's just like booze <laughs> yeah the, you you just described dr- drinking heavily <laughs> you know it's funny because they're like these are just like the umbrellas and like there's one that like makes the sounds of, gr- of sound of ground grinding beans all night long like that's what it'll do to you these guys are weird and i love them they're my favorite like japanese yokai is like japanese spirits in general like my favorite version of yokai are these these skomogami, which are just these animated objects that are just mess with you. 
I think what we're actually I think what we're actually coming to is these are Japanese guy excuses for things. That so? all these yeah, these habits. What was that bean grinding noise? Oh, that was that shubashaki there, whatever you said. <laughs> That's that doing it. No, I don't think so. Why'd you get so drunk? Well, you know, it was that damn urn. It made me. <laughs> well, none of these are related to alcohol, though. Like, they don't, they just hang out in your house and cause you problems. Right, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Really, it's the guy causing the problem. He's blaming these inanimate objects. Well, I, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know if I buy that. <laughs> oh, that's my interpretation. All right. Uh, well, I mean, these, you know, this is, it's cool because it, it actually feeds back into, I think it's a Shinto belief. Uh, this is actually, actually, did you ever watch the Marie Kondo special? The Titan no. of the Marie Kondo? So, you know, uh, well, she, it was, I think it was on Netflix. She's a professional, like, home organizer, and she teaches you how to, like, have objects in your house that only bring you joy and to get rid of things properly. And when you get rid of something to get rid of it properly, you kind of have a moment of thanking it for being in your life, and then you oh, let it go. I've heard somebody talk about that, yeah. Or this comes from the same belief system and that, you know, the to have an object in your house, you should honor it. To anything that mm-hmm. is your possession, you should honor it, you should take care of it. And part of that's because if you let it fall into disrepair, if you let it fall into ruin, it will eventually become one of these mischievous spirits. So, you know, it's actually mm. like this... this it's kind of inherent with this. Uh, Marie Kondo is involved in this myth somehow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, but the, the the difference with the Kameosa is the Kameosa specifically is a sake pot that you've let fall in fall into disrepair. Unlike its fellow Tsukomagamis, this sake pot, when it becomes possessed, has a far healthier relationship, I think, with its possible century of neglect. It, it can be kind of scary to look at. It has like, it's a sake pot with like a cracked face and like it develops these kind of ghostly arms. But whatever you put in it, it will refill for you endlessly. So it's a very benevolent creature. You know, if you give it sake, it will give you back sake a thousandfold. If you fill it with rice, you'll have endless rice forever. So it's, even though it might have become a demon through neglect, it's spirited second life rewards those that fill it with abundance, which I think is actually really beautiful. Wow. That's a good thing. I'd pour my Guinness in there. Right? And don't you kind of love yeah. that? Like, it, it became a yeah. sort of a, it became like a demon, if you will, because it was neglected for 100 years. And now that it has a spirit, it chooses to give back to those that take care of it. I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And then also, they'll they'll continue loving it because it's giving them so much. Exactly. But, you know, I think, I think there's a lesson to be taken from that. You know, don't, don't, yeah. don't become a, an obnoxious bean grinder because you were neglected like, <laughs> back to those that give to you <laughs> yeah that's right i, th- I like that yeah. i'm gonna start neglecting more of my stuff so no. that it'll work forever no that's not how it works that's not that no that's the wrong lesson <laughs> no see because everything else i'm gonna let my lawn i'm just gonna let my lawnmower sit down under the house there for a while and then maybe it'll cut the grass by itself that is the opposite <laughs> of the right thing you're supposed to think in response to this myth oh no. i was just it's like the lazy man's way to future. No, if you neglect that lawnmower, <laughs> then it's going to start like running over your flower beds at four o'clock in the morning. Oh. So it has be- to be unwillful neglect. Oh, I mean, I think I think it's just no, because it's like all these other things that were neglected. 
They're like, yeah, I'm going to now, I'm going to mess with your shit forever. But the Kameosa is like, no, 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 no. I'm not going to mess with anybody's stuff. I'm just going to be kind to the people that take care of me now. Kill them with kindness. If you, if you neglect your items, you will still be subject to angry umbrellas and lawnmowers and, and neglected pots for your future. Well, I don't want to neglect my pot. Don't neglect your pot. That's all I'm saying. Uh, or your lawnmower. Or your lawnmower. You might get a, sh- you might get a shortcut. Take care of your stuff. Take care of your stuff. And, you know. So it won't are... haunt you or overflow you. Well, I mean, that's what some have interpreted the Kameosa in a slightly more negative view and said, like, no, 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 no. The reason it gives you endless sake is because it can then uh, cause you cause you to drink yourself into oblivion. Which, I don't know. That I think that falls apart when you consider that anything you put in the Kameosa will give back to you endlessly. So it's like, if you fill it with rice, you get endless rice. Like, ah. You fill it with water, you get endless water. Like, it's, I think the, I'm going to give the Kameosa the benefit of the doubt. I, you know what? I don't know if anyone's tried that, but I would. Man, I've got a pot to neglect. <laughs> <laughs> get your hands on a socket pot. Uh, yeah, I'm going to start putting putting the Benjamins in there. Here you go. See, see when it starts multiplying. Yeah. All right. So uh, uh, I've got one last uh, spirit to bring to the table today. I, now, this was, I don't know how I've missed this story my entire life because it's pretty integral to the Halloween experience and it involves alcohol. And I want to talk about. <laughs> that always makes them better. I mean, these are both, these are my areas of interest. Spooky yeah. shit and boozy shit, and how did I miss this story? I don't know. Spooky boozy shit. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, uh, I'm going to tell you the story of Stingy Jack, our last sort of uh, ghostly uh, alcoholic spirit today. So this story originates in Ireland. There was, there's the, the story begins with there was this man known as Stingy Jack. He was an ill-tempered cheat. He was a drunk. Uh, you know, he would spend his nights drinking and trying to get people to give buy him free drinks and swindle them out of his out of their money and one night on all hallows eve he found himself i think i was in the fraternity with him i I think a lot of us have known i think he's 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 sat at my bar a couple times uh but uh on all hallows eve he found himself at a pub where he was out of money and uh he wanted a drink he tried to coerce someone into covering his next round and none other than the devil himself showed up to help jack out Mm. So he charged a pretty high tab for uh, for covering Jack's next round. He wanted Jack's soul. Oh, as someone that's, that's pretty high. As I say, I, I've sold eighteen dollar vodka sodas, and I'd still say, yeah, that's 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 worse. What my soul for a beer? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I should at least get a high end bespoke cocktail for that, please. I mean, I'm already giving my liver for it. I'm not going to give my soul to. That's part of the bargain. <laughs> well, Jack accepted the devil's offer. The devil then transformed into a coin to pay Jack's tab. However, instead of paying the tab with that devil coin, Jack stuffed it into his wallet next to a silver cross, effectively trapping the devil and giving Jack the upper hand to renegotiate his deal. Ooh, that was pretty clever of old yeah. Jack. Stuffed yeah. him in the wallet. Somehow he just had a, a handy silver cross on, uh, you know, in his wallet. But good for him. Like, st- stuck in between the cross and the condom that he kept in there. Huh? Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> this is exactly where you put the devil. Uh. <laughs> Rock in a hard place. Oh no! 
so he made the devil uh, promise to not cut. Now, this is interesting. He made the devil the promise not to cover him in soul for 10 years. So he wanted 10 years of drunken debauchery with no devil involved in exchange for setting the devil free from his wallet. The devil agreed. I don't know why he didn't ask for more, but that's what he asked for. Because because when his 10 years were up, sure enough, the devil showed up to claim his soul. And so Jack, ever clever, uh, he was like, okay, okay, I'm ready to go to hell for eternity. But first, just let me have one last earthly delight. I want to eat that apple in that tree up there. And the devil, for some reason, is apparently very agreeable. He's like, okay, fine, I'll get you that apple, but then I own your soul. He grants last wishes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> this is his final wish. I want to eat that apple. Very, I think, uh, symbolic when you're dealing with the devil. So the devil climbs up in this tree to pick Jack this apple. And while he's up there, Jack carves a cross into the tree and the devil's caught again. So he's been bamboozled twice now by by Jack. And this time, I guess Jack has... Damn, Jack, you fooled me again. (laughs) You're always tricking me. It's not fair. Jack, you cheater person. I don't like you. That's definitely what the devil said. Uh... (laughs) The devil is really, the devil gets tricked a lot. There's a lot of stories yeah. about the devil being pretty easily outsmarted, specifically by by drunks. I will say that, actually. Uh, yeah, you'd think the devil would be smarter than that or something. I mean, after all these years, you'd think he would have seen them all by now. Yeah, he's, you know, like that was just a, that was like, oh, sure, sure, sure. Drag drag me to hell, but first, give me that shiny apple up there. And the devil's like, well, I, yeah. I can't, of course, that's, yes. Why would I not? I mean, I'm the devil, but. I, I'm a decent guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, let's not talk bad about me. <laughs> so, so this time, now that he's got the devil stuck up a tree, Jack says, I, you, you can never come for my soul. Even after I'm dead, you don't get to lay claim on my soul. And the, the devil agrees. Uh, and so Jack lives out the rest of his days, you know, just the same jerkwad, stealing, like just, you know. Drinking drinking his life away like that's until he eventually passes away jack gets to go to the pearly gates but unfortunately when he gets there the uh you know the the angels of heaven aren't are not not at all interested in allowing jack inside like no just because the devil said no doesn't mean we're gonna say yes you're not allowed in heaven so out of options jack goes to hell it's like well how about i guess maybe i will come in and the devil's like nah Remember? Remember the tree? Remember the wallet? You're not allowed in hell. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Exactly. Oh, exactly. <laughs> that uh, was where that saying came from. That's a good reference. Uh, so, so <laughs> it's closing time, but you, you can't go to hell. Uh, so, so the devil gives Jack a single coal from his eternal hellfire to light his way back to earth. So he may wander the earth eternally as a, as a spirit with nowhere to go. And uh, Jack stores his hellfire coal inside a hollowed out turnip to light his way. He makes a lantern out of a turnip. And this turnip with the, the hellfire coal inside of it is what would eventually become the jack-o'-lantern. You know, when the old world, you had turnips. When people came to America, they pumpkins, they, they had pumpkins. They didn't have turnips. So they started carving pumpkins representing Jack's lantern, but Jack O'Lantern comes from this stingy Jack, this earthbound soul of a drunkard who double-crossed the devil too many times. Well, you know, every beginning comes from some other beginning's end. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's exactly what the devil said to Jack when he came to hell. <laughs> he just sang the lyrics to closing time. That's actually the only song that plays on repeat in hell. It's just right. that song. Over right. and over. Just, just that's what it is. That's funny because we did that one night. We couldn't get somebody out of the bar and we had a short playlist of songs that we would put on to try to subtly get people to leave. And uh, Closing Time was on, was the last song on it. And the guy commented like he was there trying to impress a date who did not want to be there. And he was like, oh, haha, I guess you guys want us to leave. We'll leave soon. I'm like, oh, okay. He's like, yeah, because this song sucks. I'm like, oh, really? So we put it on repeat. And it just played. <laughs> but like it played like five or six times. At some point, we realized this is doing us more harm than this customer that won't leave. So we just had to tell him to leave. <laughs> If you hear closing time at a bar at all, it's never accidental. It's on purpose. Leave. So the original jack-o'-lantern was a turnip, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You never know what'll turn up. <laughs> Sometimes a turnip. <laughs> but then they Americanized it. When it came here, they found a much better fruit to use in a turnip, huh? Well, we had, I mean, in America, a lot of early American... I mean, we, we had a lot of pumpkins and, and not much else. It's like we we knew how to make stuff out of pumpkins. We needed to grill pumpkins. Well, they were easier to carve. They're hollow. Turnips aren't hollow. Yeah, I, I would say uh, carving a turnip would be quite a quite a feat. I thought about that for the video. I mean, I'm not going to make... I, first off, cocktails involving turnips do not appeal to me. I don't think that's a thing that I want to mess around with. But I was like, well, maybe I could no. carve a turnip just to be cute. I'm like, no, I don't want to... That sounds... That sounds like a thing I couldn't do successfully. It's that'd be more like whittling than it would be carving, right? To get all of that out of there, to like I would. I'm sh I mean, people do it. I've seen them, but uh, I mean, a turnip's a root, basically, right? Yeah, maybe like hollowing out a well, yeah, like a beet or carrot. Yeah, a radish. Something be hard. It's solid, it's solid. You have to be a master craftsman to do that. Well, I mean, I guess among Jack's many skills, there was <laughs> cheating people out of their money, drinking a lot, and carving turnips. Well, and let's put it this way. He didn't have anywhere to go, heaven or hell, so he had plenty of time to work on that craft. I guess that's uh, that's <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. That's, a, that's the bright side there. Well, I don't have anywhere to go for all of eternity. Might as well get really good at carving turnips. Nobody wants me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the devil really did, though. That's the thing. You know, the devil tried twice for Jack's soul. That's what happens, yep. you know. You that's play pretty hard bad to get. when, yeah. That's pretty bad when even the devil turns you down, though. In the end, right? Yeah, and I love that he like the devil is somehow strangely benevolent to the end, though. He's like, yeah, no, you, we, we can't do this again. I'm not going to go down this road again with you, Jack. But you can have one of my hellfire coals to remember me by. I've put up with enough of your deceit, Jack, and we don't need your kind in here. It'll give right. us a reputation. When the devil's like, nah, man, like, I, look, I'm the devil, but you have double-crossed me. I cannot, I am not about your negative energy. I'm into self-care these days. No Jacks allowed in hell. <laughs> well, that's good for your cat. Yeah. I, well, yeah. Well, oh, oh, my, my, my Jack is getting... He's going to go to the good place. He's a good boy. Oh, he's a good boy. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. He's not so like that, Jack. But we but we have we have jack-o'-lanterns all because some butthead didn't want to pay his tab. Well, and 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 then he didn't and then he wanted an apple out of a tree. Yep. I I think it's funny that I think all of these stories kind of come back to like 
if you just pay your tab, no fay or spirit or sprite or or whatever demon will have a problem with you. Like just, you know. So from, pay, pay your bar tab and tip your bartenders and everything will be well. You 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 won't get I don't know. We 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 won't crash your airplanes or curse your souls. I guess. And you might get a eternal eternally filled sake pot. There you go. The the story of uh, of of Stingy Jack versus the devil is kind of just scratching the surface on how often uh, alcohol is involved in stories of people crossing paths with the devil for the sake of their souls. There's a lot out there. A lot of the origins of different spirits in certain cultures come from the devil basically introducing a spirit to that culture, but then sort of in exchange for somebody's soul. I think that's just a whole other, you know, not to plan too far ahead, but we'll maybe maybe next Halloween we'll get into just all the time the devil has lost out on gambits over drinkers' souls. But apparently that's that's pretty that they we have a pretty good track record against defeating the devil. Those of us that imbibe. <laughs> well, you know, I'm of the opinion that there's enough buttholes out there. The devil doesn't need to go do any recruiting. There's plenty of them on the way. Equating <laughs> <laughs> all people that drink with buttholes, I don't like that. I, it had nothing to do with drinking. Wow. <laughs> That's fair. But, I, I, I I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just maybe maybe the devil just is like, you seem fun. Come to hell. And we're like, no. You should be flattered. <laughs> I don't ask everyone to come. Only maybe. the truly refri- refined. Like, we can hang out and be friends. You, you just seem chill. You just seem like yeah. somebody I'd like to party with. <laughs> I literally just I mean, offered to buy your tab. Like, clearly, I just want to hang. Yeah, that's right. We're just going to hang. Well, hopefully that was a little little sampling of uh, some some spooky spirited spirits spirits that like spirits. I don't know spirits of spirits. Spirits of spirits. Boop boozy spirits and spirits that say boo. Boozing. <laughs> there it is. Where are you going? I'm going out boozing. <laughs> I want to see just a, a ghost say that, like with his little sheet on. <laughs> He'd be a ger- he'd be like a German he'd be like a German ghost, yes. and he'd have on the lederhosen, and he'd go boozen. We're going out boozen. <laughs> it works. <laughs> well, whether or not you're going out boozen on this uh, this All Hallows Eve, uh, well, hopefully you're not going out out. Hopefully you're staying safe within your bubble, within your your safe circle of friends, but. Uh, have a have a safe but spooky Halloween. Yeah, do something you know spirit spirit wise, like drink out of a pumpkin or something as your mug. There you <laughs> drink go. Out of a pumpkin. Yeah, make, drink a pumpkin mug, or or better yet, carve a turnip and drink out of that. <laughs> I, you know, I don't. There, like, I love to be challenged by like a weird ingredient in cocktails, and I when I like yeah, when I was looking at research for this, I was like, I don't. I the I think the least sexy thing to have in a drink or involved in a cocktail is a turnip. Yeah, just nothing about that says drink me, turnip. No, you could no. maybe make a turnip tumbler. I've used radishes before in cocktails. Yeah, yeah. That's a radical idea. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
However you choose to uh, imbibe, we will, or not imbibe, there will, we will have another video for you, one more spooky video uh, up this week. And also we will have a Halloween live stream on Saturday night on Halloween. We'll, uh, we'll list the times on the Instagram and the Twitter, but it, it'll be same as always. I think we usually start at like eight. Might start a little earlier for this one, so I'll get back to you on that. But in any case, you will get both of us live on a uh, special YouTube Halloween boozecast. Yes, a Halloween boozecast <laughs> uh, where we will get to you get to ask us some questions, have a little little pregame to your Halloween celebrations with us. We'll be making some cocktails, making some. I think much like last year, we made a couple of. Uh, uh, witchy drinks a couple spells in cocktail form we'll be bringing that back for you so it should be fun should be fun all around and making a couple of deals with the devil i hope not you know i just like to keep the devil out of all of my dealings good or bad Uh, okay but if you that's that's up to you you know (laughs) you wanna if you wanna start at some weird old old tom smurl sounds like somebody that might have made a deal with the devil frankly (laughs) i don't want to take that chance i don't want to be kicked out of hell no, oh, kicked out of hell. I don't know. You can even belong to a special club for that. <laughs> Me and Jack. <laughs> Me and Jack kicked out of hell. Oh. Well, all right. Well, thank you, Dad. Housekeeping. Um, of course, if you want to follow us on Instagram or Twitter, we are Neat Boozecast. If you want to email us, we are NeatTheBoozecast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon where you can get alcohol-themed stickers, coasters, and our undying love. And um, that's it, right? So, thanks. All right. I've been Taylor Smurl. And I've been Tommy Smurl. And this has been... Me? Me. Oh, you said it in a spooky way. I should have been ready for that. I'm going to be like, I just got to... I'm scared, Tay. I'm scared. <laughs> scared we'll run out of alcohol. <laughs> I want to lose... That's what happens. You lose your soul, you lose your spirit. That's all I'm Especially at closing time. You're drifting off towards sweet death, and you don't see a light. You just hear closing time. Like, oh, now I'm going to the bad place. <laughs> I'll never see Ted dancing now. No. <laughs> time for you to go back to the places you will be from. That's purgatory. <laughs>